0: This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta, and today you're going to hear a conversation between me and my co-host, Matthew Krauss. We've only done this one other time. It was when I first joined the podcast and Matt basically interviewed me. But we've never done an episode with just the two of us having a back and forth about whatever. I've been trying to get up to Nashville to play and hang more often and I was recently there for a gig so we took the opportunity to sit down and talk about a few things we both had in our heads. We get into how we think about playing with the click, the sort of new and specific subgenre of social media drumming, some cool things coming up in the life of our podcast and the Drum Click Network and a conversation about our interview style that was kind of kicked off by a listener comment from a few weeks ago. We would appreciate your support on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash working drummer, and a donation in any amount gets you access to exclusive content from our former guests. Think of this as professional development for drummers, all useful and actionable lessons for the Working Pro. We're populating new content regularly, and as little as $1 a month gets you access to all of it. If Patreon isn't your thing, you can also make a one-time donation through PayPal. There are links for both on our homepage at WorkingDrummer.net. While you're there, you can learn more about this episode and check out our archive of over 300 episodes. Also, please subscribe to Working Drummer Podcast on your platform of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Lastly, however you listen, please leave us a rating and review. This helps new listeners find us. Our latest Patreon content features Ash Sohn. Also, great stuff there from Doan Perry, Joe Bergamini, Stephen Chopek, and Chuck Palmer talking about specific songs they've tracked drums for and all the technical and creative aspects of those recording processes. You can get access to this and the rest of our Patreon content for as little as $1 a month, so check that out. We'd really appreciate your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash working drummer. So Matt and I have had a ton of conversations like this, and this time we just decided to do it on the mics. Of course, our show is built on conversations with drummers other than ourselves, but we get into some good topics and had a lot of laughs, so I hope you get something out of just us this week. Here we go.
1: I saw this thing, I mentioned to mentioned it to you, and I don't know why it just it triggered me, as, as my conservative friends like to say. Are you triggered? <laughs> right. uh, and this <laughs> <laughs> this triggered me. Uh, I, I saw somebody with a practice pad. I didn't even listen to it with the sound on. It was just, you know, uh, a run of sixteenth notes and 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 they were they were they were saying, bury the click, bury the click. And and I get that 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 is a thing, but I don't know what it was about that that kind of made me cringe. And I think it's this concept that that is the way to play good time. That is the way to make music. And if that's an exercise, if that's something, a goal to kind of like see if you can do it, I understand that. But am am I, what's your opinion? Am I losing my mind? Like, is that just like, no, no, dude, of course, learn to bury the click. But to me, like I mentioned, if you were to pull up a session that – you know, somebody we all admire had done. And we look at the grid, they're not fucking burying the
0: click. Right. Right. I, I think it's, um, maybe, uh, I don't know, kind of an old school drum jock trope, perhaps. Um, you know, of course you've got to be able to play with the click. Of course you've got to be able to play with good time, but you know, it's, that's not the point. Like burying the click doesn't mean you sound good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Marrying the click doesn't mean you feel good necessarily. Just because yeah. you're on the grid yeah, 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 doesn't yeah, yeah, mean yeah. that it it feels good to play with you. Um, and it as as you were just describing that, it reminded me of um, what we talked about with Elich a few weeks ago about how you know we we put. Um, we put so much focus and attention, especially you and me right now, having mm-hmm. like studied with Elich on the physical thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Elich said, if, if that's what you're thinking about when you're trying to be creative, like when you're trying to make music, you know, if, if, if you're thinking about your posture mm-hmm. while you're trying to do that, you're thinking about the wrong thing. So like, right. I think contextualizing a, a goal like burying the click within the greater mission of, Sounding good and feeling good and making music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's the proper way for me anyway to um uh to contextualize that. Like it's one of the things that you have to do well, but just because you're doing that well doesn't mean uh you're doing everything.
1: <laughs> I think an extreme example of that is because a lot of us are recording from home. Oftentimes we're getting tracks to play along with that are a part of the permanent and final track. So, okay, here's the acoustic and here is the bass part that's already been played. Every once in a while that happens. You're just not getting a rough guide. You're actually getting a guide that is going to be a part of the final product. Mm -hmm. And if they're not playing with the click or whatever, you have to make that choice. And so there's times I think when I was younger that I'm like, I'm going to play with the click. That's what you do. And then you get the recording back and you're like, oh my gosh, I sound I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a different song. Right. And so that's, that is just a very basic example of it's time to make music, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not about, what was it? I was watching a tutorial on orchestration and they were, the guy was talking about, I, I find this fascinating. I think it's probably relatable to the way we uh, express ourselves as drummers in the modern age of recording and grids and all that. It's just Again, contextualizing all that stuff. And and he he was saying one thing that we uh, use when we compose to create texture is dynamics and uh, voicing and uh, orchestration, those kinds of things. But we forget about tempo. Yeah. You know, and when you think of classical music, you think of ebb and flow of tempo, and Mm -hmm. it's like how beautiful that is. And um, not that it's slowing down, you know, by a lot, you know, whatever, or speeding up is is really makes sense in modern popular music, but it does remind you that that that, uh, kind of moving with the music, uh, even as a solid foundation, can happen, yeah. Just in the at the micro level, that gives it a feel that we uh, so admire about people like Bonham or whatever, and it's right. like you know, or Charlie Watts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it's like wow, that's how how do we go back to that? And you know,
0: so yeah, and and the next level, you know, I think, uh, you know, burying the click has has become you know the the gold standard for some drummers but the more drummers we talk to i think the next level beyond that mm. is is really being able to push and pull the click like to your will like even though the click isn't moving if if you can sort of play around the click Mm-hmm. in different parts of a song, depending on what the song or the groove is sort mm-hmm. of demanding. Like if you can imply certain things and still like stay close enough to the click that it's sort of like imperceptible, but you know, that's, that's not burying the click. That's really fucking with the click. <laughs> right. And I've heard
1: that. I've heard that guys, uh, I think <clears throat> even like Eddie bears or Greg Morrow here yeah. in Nashville talked about like, Playing on top in the chorus and Mm -hmm. then back on the verse. And how do you make that transition without it sounding draggy? Right. Going back to verse two.
0: This reminds me of a conversation I had recently with uh, Brandon Bush. Uh um, And we were talking about, um, you know, the word. He seems like a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Total hack. Just, yeah, not anybody you want to spend time with. Um, But, you know, he was talking about the word swing. And mm, and mm-hmm. what that means to different people, and you know, having having gone to uh, swing school, <laughs> sorry, that's I'm I'm going to call it that from now on. I no longer went to grad school in the jazz program. I I went to swing school, uh, uh, but like having having you know been through that environment, I I had a much more rigid concept of what swing is and you know of of course I allowed for the notion that there can be like a really hard chopped up swing like Jeff Hamilton might play there can be a much more loose flattened out swing like mm-hmm. Bill Stewart or Tony mm-hmm. Williams might play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know my my sort of um, opinion about it was that like you pick one mm-hmm. right the band picks one the song picks one it's like here's how we're going to interpret the swing grid in this song. Um, and everybody adheres to it cause that's how it works in a college jazz band. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but Brandon was talking about, you know, m- you know, maybe the song is generally on a swing grid, but maybe your hi-hat subdivision is more chopped up and maybe your fill is a little more flattened out and, you know, maybe different parts of the song sort of like push and pull with how, everybody's going to interpret that swing part and maybe sometimes you know the uh, the bassist or guitarist will uh be swinging on a certain grid but you the drummer or the the lyrics or something are on a slightly different swing grid to just create some tension in certain moments or whatever so i feel like you know you can you can have this push and pull relationship with with subdivision you can have this push and pull relationship with uh the grid with the click Um, and yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think the idea of burying the click is like, yes, but, uh, also,
1: (laughs) and I don't want to get hung up on that. I kind of saw that as a gateway to, to, to talk about something that's, you know, but, but to, to your point, that push and pull thing, uh, I think that was first revealed to me when people were talking about phrasing with somebody like Sinatra, like going back, you know, or, or, you know, Ella, the Mm -hmm. way she would phrase things yeah, and and like, that's not in time. It's like, no, it is. (laughs) Or Billie Holiday for Christ's sake. Like, like,
0: you know, um, yeah, it, 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 um, it's, it's not, it's not in time, but she is. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. even, even though what I think that's an extreme example of what we're talking about as drummers, like pushing and pulling with the click, you know, singers like Billie holiday. Um, I can only assume knew exactly where the fuck she was in the bar, you know, just because her lyric and her, um, uh, interpretation seemed to be just sort of free of it. You, you know, you can't, you can't be free of it unless you know where it is. Right, you can't mess with it unless you know exactly where it is. So, you know, bar- I think burying the click is the first step towards knowing where it is. How do I adhere to the click? Right, yeah. and yeah. once I've mastered adhering to the click, yeah. now can I do what I want with the click instead of just instead of simply adhering
1: to it? Right? You're citing an example of someone that at the beginning of this Western popular music that we've all grown accustomed to. Was doing like really kind of set the standard. It's like just not forgetting that. I think mm-hmm. that was the thing. Also, what's really important to ask you is have you heard David Sedaris's imitation of billy Holiday? Yeah. <laughs> yes. His, uh, it's pretty spot on. It is pretty right? <laughs> spot on. Yeah. Like he's rehearsed it or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: I love him hearing, uh, I love hearing him talk about his dad because uh, his dad was just kind of like this you know square businessman guy but he was so into jazz yes and and david sedaris would do this impression of his dad who also had like that kind of high-pitched reedy voice yeah and like his dad would be listening to uh you know dave brubeck or something Mm -hmm. and and david sedaris would walk into the room and his dad would just be listening and he'd be like are you hearing these guys man they are really cooking they are just (laughs) just swinging can you believe this (laughs) Yeah, what, I'm I, telling you these guys are hot
1: <laughs> that, makes, that made me laugh when I first heard it it's making me laugh harder because I'm that guy now. <laughs> what? watch that sorry oh yeah. man we can even take that down we're in my studio and my son's uh, Squire Strat is hanging on the wall and, just for and looks in,
0: in danger of my, uh, of, of my hey, actually get it
1: to me flailings yeah. Yeah. let me play this, ta- this song I've been working on um no because i just did that it's funny i i i i've been listening to a wearing out uh alan holsworth live in tokyo 1984 i think it's 84 uh and i sent it to eli because he kind of likes some fusion and his roommate likes fusion mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my gosh so i'm i'm I do as a, as a father, I do that all the time. Not
0: like, many females coming through that dorm. I, I in the text,
1: <laughs> uh, it's exactly what I wrote. I said, <laughs> He's like, oh, cool, we'll put it on in the room right now. And I was like, Well, we, this will, I, I, exactly what I said. I said, They will run, not, yeah, yeah, not that those guys need to worry, but, uh, um, yeah, well, concentrate on their school. So you're in town, <laughs> so we're here. <laughs> They're not in swing
0: school. They have to actually pay attention to right, the classes. Right. Yeah. They have to like make grades and, and write stuff <laughs> and remember stuff.
1: Not just fuck around. Not just uh, bullshit. Music. Um we're in the same place in Nashville. You're here. Why are you here? What are you doing? What
0: the hell are you doing? Here? I'm here to play jazz. That's why anybody uh, comes to Nashville, isn't it? Finally, jazz. Uh, uh, swing school is paid off. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm reuniting with, with my old good buddy, uh, Nick Mancini vibraphonist, uh, from, uh, LA. He's not from LA, but we met when I lived in LA. Um, I've obviously since moved to Atlanta. He has since moved to Tulsa, um, oh, wow, which is a cool little scene. Um, but yeah, we just, uh, were sort of like on the phone randomly a few months ago and, and it was like, we, we need to fucking play together. Like, we're within a day's drive of, you know, a few cities, uh, Nashville included. So he, he was able to hook up a, a Saturday night slot at Rudy's jazz room. Um, so that'll be tomorrow night and, uh, yeah. And you know, any, any excuse I get to, to come up and spend more time in Nashville and see you and, and see some music and, yeah. uh, you know, breathe, breathe the air up here. I I want to do more of it. Rudy's has been great for
1: this town. I mean, you know, it's been a long time. I think when I first moved to town, there was a couple of places where you could have dinner and see a band play jazz Mm -hmm. in the corner. And it was kind of a jazz club, but it really wasn't in the sense that I had known in Columbus uh, where jazz was first and everything else was second. You know, the music was first Uh, right? and which is weird for Music City USA, but uh, you know, so uh, it's cool. Yeah. That that's happening.
0: Yeah. I've never been to Rudy's. I've never played there. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's a bassist here named Jimmy Sullivan who I got to play with right before the pandemic. The last gig that I played before the pandemic was that little tour that I did with Daniel Kelly.
2: Yeah. Your yeah, buddy,
0: yeah. your yeah. Uh, pianist buddy from, from New York. Um, and we did, a uh, Jimmy and I did a few dates with, with Daniel Kelly and, uh, like our last gig of that little run was I think March 12th or March 13th, 2020. Mm -hmm. And and everything got shut down right after that. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to play with playing with Jimmy again. And this is like, this is the first jazz gig I've played, you know, in almost two years. Um, because just gigs in general have been
1: uh, fewer. So that's what's weird for me is that. Um, so we had breakfast, and 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 you were mentioning he's like I feel good, man. I feel feeling good about my playing, and um, I find that just kind of just to unpack that just for a second is uh, I had a chance to interview the great Simon Phillips, and yeah. he was talking about recording Protocol Five. And uh, even got a message from uh, an ex guest and and, uh, a former guest and and listener um, who mentioned uh, Rob Mount, uh, who said, hey, man, I, I just listened to this. It was really refreshing to hear Simon talk about how it was a little rough, like everybody you could tell that the pandemic had affected everyone's playing with the exception of the saxophone player who had been who had stayed busy you know whatever but uh the rest of the band uh he said we we got through it and he's really happy with the results he goes but he says i noticed in my playing and when you hear somebody like that say that you're just like okay the struggle is real yeah um and I'm one of those players that has always felt like I need to play a lot. I need to play live gigs a lot. I can only do so much in the practice room, but interacting with musicians and playing under that situation, that stress, that Mm -hmm. environment. Yeah. Sorry to go on talking about myself here, but I'm going to, (laughs) that's
0: why we started a podcast. I know. Sorry. That's, that's
1: (laughs) going to lead to something else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, so, I uh, I'm always interested because when you said that you're like I'm feeling good I'm like really (laughs) how do you do that how do you do that how do you like and then then to, to play a jazz gig or do some of these things after so much time to go in and so how are you handling like that?
0: Yeah, like when I when I said I feel good, um, you were lying. Well, a little bit. <laughs> you know, we've uh, we've talked at length about um, the, the the journeys that we've both been through with yep. with Elitch, and uh, you know, finding a, a different physical approach, and that feels really good. Um, as I sort of alluded to in the Elich episode, like it's given me an excuse to just really strip down my playing mm. and find out what what is at the bottom of it. What's at the bedrock? Like, what do I really give a shit about in terms of what I'm about to play? Mm. Um, because, uh, you know, with the new physical approach, I'm having to relearn some vocabulary just like, you know, the old vocabulary that I was doing was dependent on like improper physical use of my body. Yeah. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to recapture some of the vocabulary and, you know, learn new vocabulary without slipping back into the old physical bullshit.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so I found success doing that in, uh, you know a a few different kinds of gigs but I, I haven't really given it a shot on a jazz gig yet um and <clears throat> in general my my playing has become more stripped down and more uh just just simplified so i'm kind of curious about what's going to come out of me on a on a jazz gig and i'm really going to try to keep front and center in my mind that Like even on a jazz gig, when, when I really have room to run and Mm -hmm. do, you know, whatever sort of occurs to me within reason, um, I'm interested to see, like, how I react, how my body reacts, what I'm able to do in the moment, what I want to do in the moment, because there, you know, in, in all of my playing, I'm sort of like having these moments where it's like, I, I could do a thing here, but fuck it, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep playing simply, or, you know, I could do a complicated thing here, but I'm just going to play a more simple thing. And, um, it, you know, in a way, it's kind of playing it safe. Um, I think, I think the idea of like, you know, stripping down and, and, and finding out what you're really made of. That's like a positive spin on it. but you know maybe the negative um, take on it is that like you're you're playing it too safe. Um,
1: but at the same time, you, uh, it, when we were on Big Fat Five mm-hmm. together with Ben, you one of the tracks you brought in was the Erskine track. right. and how we only had a few tracks to choose from now. In hindsight, I think there's a couple other ones that I wish I would have brought in instead yeah. or whatever, but in the moment that was your choice and it was this very
0: simple thing. Yeah.
1: it was, and it was quarter
0: notes on a ride symbol with a brush. <laughs> so fucking cool. Man. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, along with this physical revamp I'm doing, I'm, I'm thinking about drummers like Erskine and Gad and um, uh, you know, ju- drummers drummers who really play with nothing to prove. They have they have figured out who they are and what they give a shit about, and they sound like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of uh, that's the journey I'm on right now. And it's, it's this weird confluence of like, we're kind of coming out of this pandemic. Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to scale down, uh, my teaching. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to enter like a little bit of a new chapter, um, in my life and in my playing, uh, that's like I've said before, quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. um, more attention to physical, uh, (laughs) you know whatever whatever good things i need to do physically like really get those in order um but along with that is this is this sort of introspection and project about like what do i really want to sound like what do i want people Mm -hmm. to know me for what are the things about my playing that i really like yeah. as opposed you know what does my ego want behind the kit mm-hmm. like what really makes me feel good about myself when i play and i'm finding that those are usually very simple things and this sounds like an
1: og thing to say but i i feel like that that there there seems to be this pursuit of validation yeah. from other drummers and from uh the way because uh, uh what was it i saw uh again social media post um, from the guys from drumio you know talking about uh, you know the 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 Instagram drummer and in like this is a legit way of making music this is legit you know so that that could be something completely different to unpack and and you know that's all well and good Um But you have a generation of drummers, and we've had them on the show. Mm -hmm. And they've been wonderful drummers, wonderful guests, and very insightful uh, that have introduced this new way of uh, playing music, playing drums, being expressive, Mm -hmm. and creating, and, and, and having this new platform right that is different than something that i grew up on and uh, you know i we all now dabble a little bit in it by posting things from time to time but that's and, and hoping to attract work what i'm hoping to do is attract work use that new format to to create work in the old format of
0: recording in the studio recording at home or playing live gigs. Totally. I view it as like, uh, you know, without sounding too lofty about it, like I'm trying to be the change I want to see on social media Uh in terms of drumming. And, and if, you know, if it doesn't get me all of the clicks and all of the likes that, uh, you know, somebody like, uh, Grayson or or whoever, like, Mm -hmm. it's obviously not going to, he's a social media juggernaut, but, um like i i'm on especially on social media, I'm trying to put out things that I feel good about, like here is what I sound like here is playing that I feel good about um and uh you know this 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 is how I want to represent myself um uh I was gonna oh so like the the whole social media you know instagram drummer thing um you know we're we we just sound like old fuckers so often on this podcast and i'm about to again at like at the end of the day my my negative cynical take on the instagram drummer mm-hmm. is that um they are building a career and a brand and an income around uh in most cases playing by themselves yeah right um and they're doing it like more power to them yeah but I'm I'm not interested and th- like they're playing by themselves um, on on the Internet. That was your little um, your little Velcrode thing on the back of your computer. Oh, awesome. Just fell off. <laughs> oh, it's just the hard drive that all this is being recorded to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, not a not an important piece of gear. Um, so, yeah, there it's 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 a one man show or it's a one woman show. Yeah. In a room alone. And, um, like I said, more power to them. And part of the business model for you and I is now also playing music in a room alone, doing remote recording, but that's still collaborative in a way that just playing drums on social media by yourself is, is not. And I have no interest in, uh, pursuing or building, um, a brand or an income stream or anything else that is based on me playing drums in a room by myself mm-hmm. I, like if if the pandemic you know the pandemic has brought a lot of things into focus for me, but one of them is that for me, playing music with people in front of people is still plan a mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's still yeah. what my machine runs on.
1: I mean, on one hand, you can, if you're, I don't know, there's a a lot to unpack there. I mean, because you think about the singer songwriter that is by themselves performing with themselves and, and, and their songs and their creativity and under their parameters, which that is kind of one of the things that I've found advantageous to... Working by yourself is it's like, well I want to I play this groove and I want to record it, or whatever. Um, but you know, I can't play it really as good at 102 as I can at 108, so I'm just going to make it 108. So that is an example of BPM. So that is an example of something where I think, well, what's the challenge here? because when you're tracking, even by yourself or you're in a session or you're on the gig and this is the tempo for the song and maybe it's outside your comfort zone, you still have to deliver. Mm -hmm. to make the rest and then you have to interact with the rest of the band you have to be there now all that being said whatever your goal is or my goal is to 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 stay busy the 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 players that are doing the things on social media and doing it well that that is a skill set that is pretty that's impressive
0: right i mean that like the the it's a separate skill set from the drumming yeah Right, whatever kind of drumming they're doing, you know the the skill set that they have marshaled in order to create that platform and gain a following, like that's a separate skill (laughs) set. Well, and and you know
1: probably a good thing to kind of tie this all up as as a great example of someone that we that has done both as straddled the line is Ash. Yeah, you know for sure. So I mean, I think a lot of people. I mean right when i started this podcast there was a a drummer jam it was a tribute to neil Peart, and here in nashville and uh this guy came up to me and he goes hey are you ash (laughs) he thought i and i look at pictures of ash like from six years ago were you wearing the scarf i I probably was i'm like (laughs) i was like and i didn't really know who it was like his name sounded vaguely familiar but Mm -hmm. 67 years ago it was vaguely familiar and then he's like, "Yeah, he's on Instagram." I don't even think I had an Instagram account. Mm. And then I went and, f- and saw it. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I think I get it. I think." Yeah. I-. But yeah, he 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 does a an amazing job providing some content, and yet he's got
0: the history and the and the resume the resume. Like I, you know, it, it. I'm reminded of what our friend Nick Ruffini talks about all the time, which is you know the music business versus the drumming business. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, you, you and I are in the music business, like, despite the fact that we run a drum podcast, you know, like our, our gigging life, like, like drums. <laughs> I'm doing this for the money, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, like our, our careers are in the music business, right? Like we haven't built a career of doing clinics or, uh, selling gear or, um, making videos or like we, we've made a career playing fucking music with other Mm -hmm. musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the, the younger generation of drummers we're talking about, like the Instagram drummers, um, I, like, I think they're in the drumming business and Mm. there's, there's nothing wrong with that. More power to them. But I think, uh, you know, again, you have to, properly contextualize what they're doing. And like you said, Ash is a great example of someone who is good at both. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a foot in the music business because he's one of the most in-demand drummers in the world from like all of the pop stars you've ever heard of. Yeah. Um, But he's also created uh, a lane for himself in the drumming business with uh, video lessons, with his social media presence. And Um, he's in his early fifties. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's done it. And like Carter McLean is another one. Yeah. Um who straddles that line, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I if if I'm forced to choose, I mean I've basically already made my choice. I want to be in the music business. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the drumming business. Doing clinics like stresses me out, uh mm. waiting too far into social media and trying to game algorithms. Uh, just frustrates me to no end Um, so I can participate in it I can use it to the extent that I'm able and willing to do Um, but like you said I think it's you know you and I are are using that sort of in service to the kind of work that we want to do playing drums on Instagram is not work for us (laughs) yeah but it but it is ironic that 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 we're doing a podcast about drumming Right. But I like to think, I like to think that our podcast is about, uh, you know, drumming and the music business. Right. It's a chance to interject some of that
1: into it and, and remind, if anything, just kind of remind ourselves, it's like, man, there's more to, and and I, I, and I think we're going to attract listeners and, and, um, and not attract listeners based on yeah. that that thing for sure, um, which 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 leads me to this this <laughs> some foreshadowing that I was doing before. Right. So uh, this is not a slam on anybody uh, interacting with us uh, and, and reaching out and and commenting, good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's all welcome on any of the platforms uh, from the website to Instagram to YouTube or whatever, and uh i've gotten my share of, of criticisms uh, th- uh most had, of those comments were from me but that's cool that's cool <laughs> uh it, the uh there was a a comment from uh, from a listener about your interview with ash yeah and it was uh they were they, they were somewhat critical about your talking about yourself mm-hmm. you talking about yourself and 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 using the word i and 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 um I listened to the episode. I was inspired, but I will say I was inspired by your conversation. I felt like the, I had listened to Ash's interviews um, before he was always delightful, Mm -hmm. but I felt like he was extra comfortable. I felt like he was, um, he was funny and, 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 and what you had created was a conversation. Yeah. And as the representative of the community, again, I just feel like I, you know I, I'm just here. I'm the voice of the larger community of uh, of our listeners to to ask the questions that hopefully people want to hear. Right. Um, I, I, I'm not standing on top of a mountain saying this is my podcast. It's like no, I'm I'm here to hit record so I can sit back with everyone else and listen to what this person has to say and hopefully. Ask the again. So I felt like that's what you did. Like you were saying, I, and when you said, I, it's like, yes, Zach, we're here. We're standing with you because we're playing gigs like you are. We're trying to build our home studio like you are. We're trying to sound like ourselves mm-hmm. like you are. Um, and so, um, hopefully, respectfully, I pushed back on his comments.
0: I Disagree with you. You um, just used the word "I" again. I know I did. I did. Uh, but no, you were you were super diplomatic in your response to him, um, and just sort of like basically imparting to him what you just imparted on on the mic here, yep. um, and what you thought was was good about my approach, and it's your approach too. Um, I I mean, sorry. Did you finish your thought? Were you? Yeah, sure. No, okay. it's all about you, man. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I interrupted you. Like I interrupted <laughs> yeah. Ash so many times. Yeah. Um, but I, what we do here is like you said, conversations. Um, yeah. I think when I first started doing this, I was more, uh, uh, you know, in, in the model of sort of like asking a question and listening to the answer and then asking another question. But as I got more confident as an interviewer and as a drummer, just in my own journey, um, You know, I I felt like I was really capable of actually having a conversation with somebody like Ash Ashstone or Peter Erskine or Bill Stewart or, you know, anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like you said, that's part of why some listeners come to us um, is because we're active participants in those conversations. We're not just sort of uh, uh, passive holders of a platform for our guests to talk on. Um, and obviously we want to hear from them. It's, it's why we have them on, but in terms of sort of finding information or avenues of conversation that are beneficial and substantive to listeners, um, I feel like, uh, you know, telling, telling my own story and using my own experience as, a uh, basis for those conversations is a way to do that and it's also a way to make the guests feel at ease right like yeah. I, I think so many people um uh are able to like synthesize ideas through conversation with someone else as opposed to just being asked a question. And then the floor is yours. Mm -hmm. Right. And that works for some people, but right. Right. I mean, Terry gross is one of the greatest interviewers of all time. And she's managed to get incredible information out of a a huge variety of different people. And like, she does not converse. She asks a question and she shuts the fuck up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not Terry gross. Like, I don't know, I don't know how she does it. Um, I'm, I'm more in the model of like a Mark Marin. We're going to have a conversation and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, but I'm going to have opinions of my own. I'm going to have stories of my own. And I've found time and again that, that, you know, participating in a conversation that way puts a guest at ease, um, makes them more able to just sort of process their thoughts. Um, it'll lead them down, a a uh, avenue of conversation or some topic that they've never talked about in an interview before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what people come to us for. I think that's what our yeah. longtime listeners know us for. Um, and I, the last thing I'll say about this is that, um, I feel like you and I are, are qualified to have those conversations because we are working professionals. Mm-hmm. And just because we're not, on the level of an ash zone doesn't mean that our careers don't have a lot in common but with i have the scarf <laughs> <laughs> what more do i need to do I, I, early I, 50s right. gray scarf. i bought the scarf i was told there would be I gigs speak english <laughs> <laughs> um you know in a yurt no. sorry it's not a yurt uh yeah, I I think that's that's part of what's unique about our podcast is that no matter who we're talking to there is an extent to which our lives and our careers have a lot in common with theirs. And to me it's been it's been enlightening and and sort of comforting and reassuring that um you know if I'm talking to someone like Ash Sone um he he might be going through the very same thing that I'm going through either, Mm -hmm. either technically or emotionally, or if, if he's not going through it right now, Mm -hmm. there was a time in his career when like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's about just being relatable. It's about finding common stories among all types of professional drummers. Um, he brought up something like, he goes, well, this was like 10 years ago
1: or 12 years ago. I couldn't have, oh, we talked about snare drums. He's like, oh, I love this snare drum. I, but that was like 10 years ago. I couldn't afford this. I couldn't afford that. Right. Yeah, it was the Brady drums in the 90s. It was. It was. And that to me, that to me was very revealing about, about just kind of the whole overall arc of the conversation. It's like, look. Yes, you know me because of this, but look, there has been a journey that I've been on mm-hmm. that has not been what you see now. Uh, and so if – yeah, if anything, man, that's, that's what you brought out in that moment. If that was my takeaway, I'm like, yes, okay, that gives me the inspiration to keep trying, yeah. to keep working. And even to the point where we're, we're our buddy Rob Mount Uh, texted me this morning about Simon Phillips and saying, it was so inspiring to hear that because of his time off, he struggled to record this latest record. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm sorry, man, but that, that shit is real. Yeah. And um, because it can be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And to think that uh, everybody's doing good things, but you, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, it's... It's not. Yeah. It's not. We, you know, so.
0: And as far as that, that, uh, listener who commented, um, you know, if, if, uh, if our podcast isn't their style, that's cool. It's fine. They're, they're. Are, are there of... other podcasts out there though? <laughs> <laughs> there can't possibly there be. There can't possibly be. Um, you know, this, this is, this is how we approach our interviews and this is how we talk with our guests and, um, you know, like like you mentioned there are lots of other interviews with ash out there um and they're they're welcome to check those out but if you come to you know if you if you if you listen to an episode of working drummer podcast you're going to hear a conversation yeah um and you and i are going to sure have plenty of questions but we're also going to have opinions and observations of our own that um like we said, just, just lead to a a substantive conversation about what it is. We all do. We've interviewed so many different kinds of drummers from all over the world. Some of them are household names. Some of them we never fucking heard of. Mm -hmm, Right. But mm -hmm. there are, there are, um, commonalities among all of us. We are all in the same game. We're all dealing with the same struggles and, uh, you know, having a conversation about those things as opposed to a 10 second question 10 minute answer um, is a way to get at that stuff. If anything, there isn't, there isn't like this, this made up gatekeeper
1: about who is going to be successful and who is going to continue to struggle. Mm -hmm. It's again, it is, it is the ability to see this as an open space for if this is what you want to do you mm-hmm. can do it you can do it yeah um so hopefully it's it's it just kind of i mean i think there was a time when it's like no there's too many people playing drums many. like there's no room for me it's as as i've gotten to know so many and i never thought when i started this there would be so many drummers so many great drummers yeah. out there doing it um it's insp- It's it's actually had the reverse effect. It's been inspiring. And it's kind of been like, yeah, I, it's like I see a path forward because I relate to this drummer or that drummer or this one or to take a little piece away. From, yeah.
0: You know? And it's it's weird because like there's um sort of a um there's two things happening at the same time because you see all these different paths of the drummers that we've interviewed. Um, and it's just like, well, there's there's no one way to do it. There's no right or wrong way to do it um so at at you know on the one hand, just everything seems possible. all options are open, but mm-hmm. you know, over the years of doing this podcast like i like I alluded to before, like i'm my path forward becomes narrower and narrower mm, yeah, yeah right mm-hmm. like the 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 older I get, the more I do these interviews, the more of a sense I get of like what my path forward is, and um you know, what's, what's on either side of that path that I, that I don't have to let in or try to incorporate or whatever. Like it's a distillation of just sort of the vision of the path forward. And you said like, God, there's too many people playing drums. There's no room for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But I think, I think the clearer your voice on the instrument is the, the, the clearer your intent is the more room there is for you. And it's, it's like, you'll, it's like with our podcast, like if you sort of narrow down who your audience is going to be and distill what you are to, to fit that, right? Like, who do I want to reach? How do I reach them yeah. instead of how do I reach everybody? Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: I don't often make good decisions, but, um, I <laughs> 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 this is gonna, how I'm going to start this out. <laughs> um, but I have to make note when I do. I I I I think that when 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 Mike Jackson and I stumbled upon the name Working Drummer, I, it was v- v- we lucked out mm-hmm. with kind of just the name itself informing us of the philosophy that we wanted to adhere to. It might have not have been clear from day one, but as as it started to take shape and the show started to move forward, and then you came on board, it was like yes, this is ironically. Through a, a forum with the working drummer that that Nick was having you write for what was oh it right
0: called? it was uh it was called working drummer spotlight <laughs> it was like a written a written profile series yeah um, yeah. yeah
1: yeah so I mean like uh, uh, it it, it, it kind of helped so now uh, all this time later um uh, working with the drum click yeah has been has been super fun and inspiring and um and also feel like we're part of a team that ho- that carries our own with the style in which we present the podcast yeah. compared to what Mike Dawson does or Sarah or Bart or Ben yeah and it's and so and also to see the industry change over the 7 plus years uh, that we've done this podcast as print media is going away, as, as like all of a sudden you have people doing, quote unquote, press junkets on podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I listen to different podcasts, whether it's Conan O'Brien or History podcasts or whatever. Right. And I sometimes see the same guest on Conan and then Smartless and then whatever. And it's like, what What are they doing? Oh, new TV show, new book, right? new whatever. Well, Ash, new snare drum. Yeah. And he's on multiple podcasts.
0: Right. And he so he did uh, Sarah's podcast yep. uh, backstage a couple months ago, I feel like. Yeah. A while back. Mm-hmm. And then he recorded with Mike Dawson for the Drum Candy podcast. Yeah. And um, then he did ours. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. That's like, you know, three different podcasts with the same guy. Yeah. Um, in a, in a pretty short time span, but each one of us got different things out of him. Right. And, uh, you know, if you didn't like my interview with Ash, it's it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's It's, it's how I do it. But, you know, I, I think like Sarah, uh, her, her whole style is, is more in the Terry gross model, I think. And she's Mm -hmm. so good at it. Just like, Mm -hmm. you know, asking a question and then just holding the space for the person to answer it. Um, and she definitely participates as well, but I think, yeah, you know, for for this particular listener, maybe Ash's interview with Sarah is more gonna be, more right, what right, he's right. looking for, right? Well, and we did that. Uh, well, we've
1: done that with Simon, but it, just, it seems to be a growing trend, uh, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, with his new Protocol Five, and then we did that with Dave Elitch, where he wanted to kind of run with his new program, yeah. So that's been good, and he was on Nick Ruffini uh,
0: with the maybe a week later, two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um,
0: But uh, yeah, I mean the, the idea of like sharing guests across multiple podcasts on the network, um, I kind of had the same initial reaction you did. It's like, wow, do we want to, is that redundant? You know, do we want to kind of pass a guest around all of our podcasts like that, but we're also different. And, and we're like, each of us are, are, having that guest on our podcast for a different reason. Yeah. Right. Um I just interviewed uh George Flutus that's going to come out next week. Um and he was recently on Drum History podcast yeah. with Bart and it was yeah. such a cool episode because George is a jazz drummer. He's just like a thoroughbred Chicago jazz drummer, but he's a Bonham head. So mm. Bart had him on the Drum History podcast to talk about all about Bonham. Um, and I loved hearing George talk about Bonham, but I was like, well, I want to find out about this guy's career. So I just, I texted Bart and I was like, give me this guy's contact. Like, let me, let me get him on mine. That's awesome. So, you know, in pretty quick succession, he was on that podcast, I don't know, two weeks ago, he's going to be on ours within a week. But I think it's like I said, one of the things that's so cool about drum click is you can hear the same person on you know, two or three of our podcasts in pretty quick succession, but have just a different experience, a different Mm -hmm. side of that person on, on each one. Um,
1: so is there anything about, we talked a little bit about this, about drum click, uh, or some things that are coming up that we wanted to.
0: Yeah. So, um, when we had Elich on, we, uh, we did like a discount code for his, uh, uh, online course. Um, I don't, do you think that discount code is still active? Um, I don't know. It's possible if like if you go to dave's website uh and use the promo code drumclick um there was a discount available on on his on his online course it might still be active okay but um our goal one of our goals for 2022 is to sort of expand that and and partner up with more um you know content creators like dave more product designers um and be able to offer our listeners more discounts on more stuff. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that in, in the
1: coming months. I think it's, it's ironic. Like we're, we're all shifting to just different platforms for education, for understanding and purchasing products and and things like that. So um, yeah, the whole uh, landscape is changing, especially as uh, the print media and the magazines that we grew up on are up in the air right and and i mean are they in the air anymore yeah (laughs) it seems kind of over yeah it's it's really fascinating so how do we move forward and and uh well the other thing that uh, we've been talking about and and um kind of exploring the possibility of doing a a, like a drum camp yeah i wish it was a better word for it but there might not be yeah um I think uh, so. W- w- the basic idea is is to have people come to Nashville and spend like three days, two nights, and have a series of activities: uh, super intense, educational, loose, fun, and all the above. Right. Uh, from uh, being fly on the wall, watching uh, you know a session, great do do his thing, uh, to
0: um, do some some mock um experiences a a mock audition or a mock session yeah um, yeah yeah and and just it's kind of a i don't know maybe boot camp (laughs) is the word yeah 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 um Um, just to throw you into a bunch of different situations uh either as a participant or an observer um mm -hmm. that that uh can really sort of uh enrich your um understanding of um what drummers especially in nashville but i think in general
1: right i think just nashville gives us the the, is is simply the place where we have resources within the same area code that we can all just kind of get to uh and 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 cover a lot of ground and um the support and the interest from others that have done it like jc clifford yeah with daniel glass and his jazz workshop intensive Mm -hmm. uh, in new york and germany and different places like that has given us uh some some clear direction some confidence um that um people uh are ready to back us and and get or get behind us and, and help us get this done so um just throwing that out there right now um our uh I've uh posed some ideas and questions to our uh, patreon members about this, and uh, I think it was right in the the middle of the pandemic and the reactions weren't quite what i uh weren't quite as great as I, i'd want so i think just getting the conversation going or talking a little bit more about that
0: yeah i think we were um at that time we were like in in very early stages of conversation with jc clifford um yeah about like talking about him sort of running point on this whole thing and yeah helping us uh make it happen <clears throat> but um Yeah. I think, you know, there, there are going to be probably a couple of, uh, perks for Patreon members, um, Mm -hmm. during this weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, so we're, I mean, we're still sort of in, in the, the imagining stages of it. Um, but if any listeners out there, um, you know, have interest in it or have suggestions about what kind of experiences, uh, they might like to have, during three days in nashville um we're all ears um and uh yeah like i'm i'm excited about the possibility of doing that um we don't really have a sense of when that might be
1: that's been the tough thing i'd be a little bit clearer you know a couple years ago we just kind of set a time that was good for you and i and just make it happen and those who could but now uh you know uh it's some people aren't traveling at all they're choosing not to travel and 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 um or in compromise in in one way or another or it it's just it's it's just not as clear these days right now so um i think it might just buy us some more time to yeah. to figure out
0: what we want to do. but i think there's i mean there's huge potential for it um in terms of of the experience that it can deliver to anyone who attends um and you know obviously it'll be it'll be pretty nashville centric. <laughs> um, but I think there are experiences in there that, that, um, g- well, I, you know, I think throw a lot of people out of their comfort zone in a good way. Um, in terms of, you know, maybe getting their ass kicked a little bit, not, mm-hmm. not in an aggressive, uh, negative way, but just sort of being thrown into a situation like, okay, we're, we're in a studio, there's a drum set, here's a song chart yeah. it out. learn it, like take some, take some direction from the producer or the, the engineer. Um, just, you know, sort of simulating some, uh, I hate the term real world, but, you know, simulating some actual situations that, uh, pro drummers deal with all the time. And that if you don't have a lot of experience with those situations here is a, you know, like a, a safe space, a low stakes, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with uh, with
1: with 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 friends. Right. And uh and then you do uh and it's very national Nash- again, Nashville centric take a shot of Jack Daniel's in between take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why you're laughing. though. No. I, I heard that I heard that that's uh maybe I I talked to Ben Caesar about this. Um when they recorded the Brad Paisley song Alcohol, they went out and got some drinks and Brad doesn't drink, but everybody in the band had to get a little buzzed to track that song. <laughs> I
0: actually don't know what song you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I, don't No, I, <laughs> I, I seriously don't. I, I, uh, no, there's yeah. a song called alcohol. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: how it's many times? It's a country song and it's about drinking. Oh, just, just, Really, it's that one song breaking the mold on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I was wondering about was thinking about like, okay, so this year starting out, and again, I feel like I we'll always have to kind of say this is not what our podcast is about, you know. Uh, it, but we've had. Kenny Arnoff, Ash Sone, and Simon Phillips. Yeah, You know, that back to back. That's yeah. that, that just that was the last it, 3 weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about the guests that we have coming up. You know, that aren't as big a names as that, but like if I'm I'm super excited about
0: the the content that that's coming up here. Yeah. Um and really when it comes to um what I get out of each interview, um, you know, uh, some of the things that I've really hung on to recently, um, came from interviews with, uh, you know, not Ash <laughs> yes, like, you know, the lower level guys, yeah. um, Like, uh, Rod Elkins and, um, Steve, uh, Steve Bidwell from Black Pumas, Mm -hmm. you know, the, and these, these guys aren't the household names that somebody like Ash Stone is. And I love my interview with Ash. Like you said, Mm -hmm. he was just a delightful dude and super knowledgeable and, you know, who doesn't want to sound like Ash Stone? Um, but you know, those, those interviews of those lesser known guys that, that or and, and ladies, um, that you talk about are just you know it's super super inspirational and and beneficial to me because their experience and the way that they express you know um their path the way that they talk about it um mm-hmm. just reminds me uh to to stay on the path i'm on or mm-hmm. maybe to uh um, not alter it but like keep something in mind right there's like something i've forgotten about yeah. That one of those interviews will remind me about.
1: Or something I haven't considered. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: it's like, oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I've got, um, an episode with, uh, a drummer and author, Rob Rufus coming up that I'm, I'm excited about. And it, it took us about four tries to get together, uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, it happens to all guys, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's the second thing to go. Um, <laughs> but he, he has found his voice in writing, mm-hmm. and he's got three books. And I've I read his first book while we were waiting to to do the interview. And I'm like, you know what? I've got time. I have gotta let me let me be at least be that guy that 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 reads the book of the author you're going to interview. Um,
0: <laughs> and you're really committed.
1: I know. And I know. You're know really but, professional. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, let me try this, and I I loved it. I loved it, man. It was great. And I, I, I bought a couple copies and gave them as Christmas gifts. Oh, cool. You know, what's the name of the book? It's called die young with die young with me. Huh. And it's, it's basically an account of him and his brother starting a punk band in West Virginia and then getting picked up to go on tour and they had these great opportunities. And then like two weeks later, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer <sighs> and, um, you know, having to deal with all that. And, um, you know, so it. it uh, but he could tell you that which he does in the interview. Basically, what the book is, the arc of the of the story, and mm-hmm. yet it doesn't take anything away from him because the way he writes, you know, it, it's one of those things. Uh, um, I, I read a book on on, on conspiracy theorists years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it was o- o- okay. Uh, content but uh content uh topic but but man the way the guy wrote was was poetic yeah it was amazing yeah and rob does that he does it in such an engaging way um so i'm excited actually about his other books but anyways my point is i'm excited about things coming up i'm excited about uh things with drum click coming up new new uh projects that uh, that or in addition to the interviews yeah. uh, that we have, whether it's drum camp or whether it's you know any of these other things, uh, finding ways to participate with the community as hopefully the world gets back to normal. Yeah, uh, but also just thinking about the fact that uh, people and agencies are coming to us now yeah. and saying, "Would you like to interview Simon Phillips?" Ash Stone wants to come on your uh, show. Yeah. You know, uh, we're not chasing people down anymore. Right. Um, and uh, people that I may not know, but I, f- I found out find out about and I will reach out to them. They know me before I know them. Yeah. You know, uh, n- or they know the podcast. Um, right. So I'm thinking about like, wow, this is ha- this is exciting. And wh- who do I want? Who 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 would I want? Do I want to talk to next? Right you know? Yeah. Um, So I guess, um, yeah. I know, for you, I don't know. Have you thought about that? Like, you know
0: what, who I want to talk to this year? Uh Yeah. I mean, I, there was the possibility. I think there remains the possibility of, of Keith Carlock. That's right. He is, an, right. he is an elusive fellow. Not, yeah. Not intentionally, I think, but uh we've had uh, a couple of, couple of almosts <laughs> yeah there's uh, that
1: direction then there's also the guys at drum paradise that right. work with him so that might be another direction, right another yeah. angle to
0: go at yeah because he's just one of my guys man he's just, yeah 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 uh, but you know like you mentioned um part of what's cool about doing this podcast is is interviewing the people that we don't necessarily know that aren't household names that get recommended to us by former guests mm-hmm. um So, you know, I, I try not to, uh, plan too far in advance about what guests I'm going to do. I think you're right. They're starting to sort of come to us Mm -hmm. more naturally without us having to chase people down, whether it's a big name or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's the identity of our podcast. Like we, Mm -hmm. we kind of keep our ear to the ground about who is worth talking to. Um, and, uh, once in a while, lately, more often, uh, bigger names are crossing our radar and, and it's, and we pull them down and it's like, absolutely. We'll take any opportunity to talk to yeah. someone like Simon or Ashstone or, uh, or Kenny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just did my interview with George Flutus yesterday and I have no one else booked right now. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who pops up. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> there's also
1: been a lot of new podcasts that have come up in the last seven years that we've started this right. and, and it's, it's been f- interesting to, uh, ha- have people I know and people I don't know, uh, reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to get this started, you know, and it's sometimes not music related mm-hmm. or whatever, but just like, what are the ins and outs of it? And, um, so anybody that's interested in in creating content or doing something like this um it's 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 interesting it's fun it's uh it it really I've learned so much about recording yeah the interviews that when it came time to record drums and everything like I was already that far ahead because just editing and sitting down with the DAW which is Logic that I use that it saved me so much time and it was just a regular practice of that. So there's that. But um, the other thing that I'm noticing is that anybody that wants to start a podcast, the platforms are kind of in place, ready to go. Mm -hmm. Like when we started, you had to like put some algorithm in for it to read the audio, to reach iTunes. And now all you got to do is just deliver your MP3
0: onto such and such as website and they take care of everything. Right. You. Right. And and we were the dinosaurs. Like when, when yeah. we joined DrumClick, uh, you know, Ben Hilsinger from Big Fat Five had to educate us about <laughs> how it's done now. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, as if as if we were uh uh you know trying to type Instagram posts on typewriters or something <laughs> like and, and you know like you're you're right the the technology was just much more hands-on for people like us. When you started doing this podcast, that was seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. like you you couldn't have done it without Mike Jackson. No. And no, not at all. I sure as shit couldn't have done it without somebody like Mike. <laughs> but um, you know, so so until we joined the drum click, we were just kind of on that same hamster wheel. Like we figured mm-hmm. out the yeah. process. Yeah. 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 And and even though it was not efficient and kind of redundant and um, you had to do things one at a time instead of things just sort of being like populated in a way. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Ben had to, uh, you know, he was like, let me introduce you to megaphone. <laughs> let me explain dynamic ads to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were like the, the old heads yeah. in that group. Um, I was like to this Ben Hilsinger, uh,
1: <laughs> honey, take a letter. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: this hold young on. this young whippersnapper yeah. seems hold on my quill has gone dry. <laughs> Can you repeat that last part about megaphone and how um
0: oh. dynamic advertising? Oh Jesus! I think so. And now, like you've you've learned way more about it from Ben than I have. I'm I'm still behind the curve. I'm kind of going to you like wait. How do we? What is the password? How to? Do... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um. been a lot of fun. If anything, it's easier and
1: and. And hopefully, um, if anybody's hearing this and thinking it's like, well, I might want to do that. We've there's examples of friends uh, and uh, listeners and and friends like uh, Neil LaFortune and uh, Dane Anspan. I think I'm saying his last name correct. Who's got a new po- newish podcast? And 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 those guys have have started things and have done are doing great things and and again as as we've alluded to with the participation of the drum click is that community is good yeah you know this isn't a competition yeah um it's 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 all well and good and to uh you know hopefully all all learn together yeah
0: and i i think the the one piece of advice you know non non non-technical advice that i would have for Mm. people who want to start creating content especially when it comes to a podcast is like you know commit to being regular about it for a certain amount of time yeah um it's it's you know putting out episodes like clockwork can only help um, and I think being inconsistent about it or not giving it enough of an honest shot in terms of the, the span of time that you do it over, um, I think those those can really, uh, you know, kind of kneecap you. Uh, well, they
1: the can, but I think it's also revealing – I had this with teaching. Uh, I, I had a hard time getting my teaching practice up the way I thought, and then I had to step back and say, you know what, maybe I don't want to teach. Mm, yep. And so if, if, if this is what is going to help you build an audience and, and create good content is, uh, is consistency and you can't fulfill that, then, then don't beat yourself up. Right. Yeah. Because I do enjoy this. I continue to enjoy this. I'm, I walk away from my interviews feeling like I just played a gig. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I've grown, I've learned, this has been fun. Uh, my community has grown, but it ain't fucking easy. Right. And it takes work. Yeah. So, um, and, and I feel sorry for, the, for the, those that do it by themselves. So I appreciate having you. Uh, <laughs> man, likewise,
0: likewise. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have the follow through to, to make this happen on my own. Something I've learned about myself in recent years is that I'm, I'm not a self-starter, Mm -hmm. Right. Like I won't have an idea. And
1: I'm not a self finisher. (laughs) Not
0: what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, like I, I do best when uh, somebody gives me some marching orders and a deadline, right? That's when I'll kick it into gear. Um, And you know, this podcast has been that for me. And, and the other thing about it is like, you know, it's, it has been fucking six years. Yeah since I joined yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. a little more than six years. It's been seven since you started it. Yeah. And in, in, in the podcast world, that's a long time.
1: It is a, it is a very long time.
0: Yeah. And so if you're thinking about, uh, starting a podcast or doing a podcast, like, you know, it's not unlike the music business and being a professional drummer, like half the game is just fucking sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if you can just stay yeah. in it and keep going, um, you know how like how many podcasts have come and gone in the lifespan of our podcast yeah yeah, right yeah, and yeah. and we're still not the most popular like nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to topple ruffini like drummer's resources just mm-hmm. the juggernaut you know but our our following has steadily increased Our it has and
1: there's been some that have started after us or have been more recent and and have done really well and are just kind of understanding understanding the algorithms investing in that and doing things like that. i think that's what's that's what drum click has been, uh, has worked so well for us going back to that again. It's just like, here's just a group of people that, uh, understand this and, and, and are willing to, and, uh, understand it or, uh, study and, you know, how it works. Yeah. So that again, my excuse is because we're busy trying to fucking play and teach and record and do all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, Not that, not those other guys aren't, man. I mean, gosh, they're super, they're staying busy. You know, everybody that is, is, you know, in drum click and, you know, they're they're busy, you know.
0: Yeah, Ben's on, Ben's on tour. Mike has got the, um, what is it? The drum factory direct. Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, like, and, you know, Nick Ruffini over at Drummer's Resource, like he, he is, he is not a working professional drummer for Mm -hmm. the most part, but he's just busy as fuck oh, with yeah with uh you know like real estate and different media projects and consulting and yeah. you know that that drummer's re- I, I used to think that uh you know the drummer's resource podcast was nick ruffini's full-time job and i think there was a time when it was mm. um but uh he's he's just he's he's playing you know 3 dimensional chess but, over but, there. <laughs> right right but the,
1: but the cool thing about but the cool thing about that is that when you listen to his interviews he's bringing that element to the
0: conversation. Right, there was a time when he was that. There was a time when he was a, a gig and drummer like the rest of but us. But I mean like the business yes aspect and the things
1: that musicians often aren't considering yep. and the financial aspect and it and it's like investing in uh it, it, in different financial just be considering things that that again like i said i'm being redundant but musicians don't think about financially and, yeah. and uh, from a business point of view that that is really it's been really invaluable i think you and i just started this podcast so we could talk about our feelings yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I hand it over to my spouse and say, here you go. You want to know what I'm thinking? This is how you will find out because I'm not going to say it.
0: Oh uh, man. Are we going to do the drummer's wives episode, man? Like we need to get Christina up here or y'all yeah, need yeah, to come yeah, down yeah, to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing we need to go there because this is what your maybe fifth trip to Nashville and
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, at least. But no I I'm I'm half kidding, but I think I think it would be entertaining and informative as hell to hear from a couple of uh you know, seasoned veterans of the, <laughs> the well
1: the drummer's well, wives club. And and it might be it might be nice to get a, a collection for sure uh, of spouses for uh I remember uh Matt Billingsley, the drummer for Taylor Swift. Uh, before he had the gig, he was still on the road quite a bit. And for the record, Matt and I have been friends for a long time. We study with the same guy, and and we've known each other for as long as he's been in Nashville. Uh, And we've talked about him being a guest on the podcast, but because of his uh, obligations and the restrictions of working with someone like Taylor, Mm it is not going to happen right. anytime soon. Yeah. So um, it might, it, things might change, but just for the record. So his wife years ago had a website called Road Widow. Huh. And it was a blog <laughs> for um, different people to talk about how they're dealing with their husband or wife being out on the road yeah. while, they, while she was home taking care of two kids right and stuff and i'm like yeah that made me think
0: and that is that is but one of the challenges that music spouses have to deal with like there's there's obviously the the challenge of your partner being absent a lot of the time but if they're not absent if they're around like just dealing with a fucking musician every day (laughs) is yeoman's work man (laughs) oh my god
1: i had a very stressful gig a few weeks ago and um i was stressed out about it and I just was bringing down the house, man. <laughs> and Liz was like, are you I, I'm stressed. Well, I, I figured that. So, I'm just and and so so it's almost like it'd be better if you just went on the fucking road. Right. <laughs> you know, to have you just cuz cuz I'm not taking that emotional energy to the gig. Right. Again, I'm trying to pretend to be a a um a uh, pacifist i mean a, um, a uh, extrovert
0: right yeah
1: right? yeah brandon what was his name the drummer passive uh, a um introvert pretending to be a extrovert
0: oh brandon buckley brandon buckley We talked about that and speaking of sharing guests he's he's on the most recent uh, is it big fat five or drum candy he's on one of them okay recently i'm pretty sure yeah um But yeah, like a lot of us, you know, are introverts who have learned how to do a good extrovert impression. Um, And then when we come home. Oh, God. You know, it spills out everywhere. Yeah. We just, we take, we take what we do so personally. um, What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you saying that to me? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes, you know, a special kind of partner to. Realize that we take what we do personally and then for them not to take... I think it would be... I think we need to make that happen in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, even if
1: it's... Well,
0: e- even if it's Zoom. Yeah, we can do remote.
1: Yeah, because sure. that way we can get multiple people involved. Uh, and then on top of that, um, a friend of mine keeps telling me he wants to be the first Air Drummer guest on here. <laughs>
0: No, no reaction no oh there was a reaction it just wasn't audible
1: <laughs> uh. Uh, funny ass guitar player he's just like I want to be your first air drummer I could talk about my technique I could talk about what my favorite songs to air drum to <laughs> I'm like, how would I make that a whole episode? I love it, but how would I make that a whole episode?
0: Hey, one of, one of the things that I like about our partnership is that for the most part, we we leave each other the fuck alone as far as who our guests are. <laughs> I spent an hour and a half talking about cooking with Marcus Finney. So, you know, if you want to do an an air drumming episode... Uh, you you knock yourself. out I'm going to reserve. Uh, reserve. There is a guy on a
1: podcast that I listen to that is a drummer in England, and actually,
0: oh, these are the World War II guys. Yes, right?
1: Yeah, Second World War. It wasn't a sequel. <laughs> 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 no, no, Al, Al Murray, who I discovered later, is a drummer and part owner of the British Drum Company.
0: So he's he's like the comic one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's, I've
1: posted something about a shirt that I had on, and he liked, I mean, like, we're, he, he sees me on Instagram, you know, and I've reached out to him, but it's one of those things that, um, but, you know, he's a drummer, he has a podcast, um, you know, it's all about Second World War, but at the same time, uh, I think, I don't know, that might backfire, but he's- He's delightful.
0: Well, I mean, what what does backfiring look like? We're gonna lose all our listeners. We're gonna like you know. No, we're no, no, get no, a... no, no. Back backfire as
1: far as like, what if it, like we get on and he's it's just like there's no conversation. Or...
0: Oh no, I don't. I've yeah. I've listened to that podcast. He's a he's a cut up. Like he's, yeah, he's I, he's uh, very yeah. I like I've, I like him a lot. I'm yeah. sure that would go swimmingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, do that. Talk about World War Two. I' don't, you know, it, if if our <laughs> inbox fills up with like. You're supposed to be talking about drums. Then we're, you know, will you will politely respond to those emails, <laughs> and then we will move on. No, I've gotten people. A couple of people say I heard the one about cooking, and yeah, I'm really into cooking. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that. yeah, that like that that, <laughs> that, that wasn't our. Uh, you know that episode didn't get the most downloads that month, probably, and I'm sure there were people that saw that in their feed and they're like, "What the fuck is this? I thought this was a drum podcast, whatever." Um, but uh, again, you know, uh, this is well, this is this this is our podcast. As I and...
1: say to anyone, if you don't like it, start your own podcast.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely, It's not that
1: hard. Yeah, or is it? It well, to it's catch not... the attention to get to the point where Ash is interested in being on your podcast that's hard that that takes time yeah yeah, yeah that's that takes easy. time around um, the to, to
0: kind of circle back right round, round uh, tile that yeah, up you yeah you can you can start your own podcast and if you don't want to do that, you don't have to listen to ours <laughs> We would love for you to yeah 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 uh, yeah but you know and that's you know uh, there's another parallel between you know what we do on the podcast and and what we do in our careers like we're not going to be for everybody it's impossible you can't be everything to everybody Mm -hmm. all you can do is what makes you feel good and what you think you're good at and what you think your best foot forward is and some people are going to respond to that and some people won't and uh you know, there's just no point in because like we've gotten various requests over the years to, um, you know, uh not recommend that people get vaccinated or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there was a, a commenter that I think left us multiple comments asking us to not cuss so much. <laughs> and uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to do any of that. Like, yeah. I'm just yeah. not I'm, we're, we we do this podcast how we do it. We found success. Um, For a long time with this formula and uh, thank you for the the feedback, Um, but we're, we're going to fucking cuss. Sorry. (laughs) Well, and also kind of as a, as a final
1: thought is that I feel uh, like you say, to be yourself is the most rewarding thing. And it's something that I struggled with for a long time as a player, Mm -hmm. as a musician, and the struggle continues. <laughs> it does continue, but to a lesser degree yeah. um, through this journey of the podcast to be able to bring in people that I've known that have been jockeying. We've both been jockeying for the same gig or whatever uh, to, to, to realize that we, we share some of the same struggles and, and, um, and that – I sound best being me. Yep. They sound best being them. Mm-hmm. And uh we can grow together. We can we can you know find support in that. And uh that has brought me a lot of peace
0: yeah. and joy uh back in in playing again and and, and security and, and self-esteem and all that like when yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. when you feel like you're doing good work and you feel like you know, whether it's the podcast or behind the drums or whatever, when you feel like what you're putting out is something that you can like stand behind and say, Yes, this is me. The, and so much so that then, then
1: I can be on the sidelines and be cheering and rooting yes. for, for others and their playing and their podcasts and all those things. Right.
0: As many people know, I'm an avid listener to Mark Marin mm-hmm. and I've kind of modeled you know what I do after what he does it's a conversation but um you know I I see so many parallels between the world of music and the world of comedy in terms of you know finding your voice um and and just being self-employed and it's just kind of the fucking wild west and there's no rules but um one of the things that Mark Marin has said numerous times in terms of his journey and how he thought about himself and his art, he was like, there was a point in my life when I had to come to grips with the fact that I'm not everybody's idea of a night out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like, like rather than trying to be Dane cook, he was like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not. And that's okay. (laughs) Right. And I'm, I'm never going to do an arena tour and that's fine. But I like I just have to be myself and, uh, you know, being being completely myself is going to attract some people and repel others. And that's just the way it is. I'm going to be grateful for the people that it it attracts. Mm -hmm. I think that's a more sustainable path than trying to please everyone all the time. You find your people. That's your audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, They respond to what you do well and they give you more opportunities to do what you do well. Um, so that I think is, is the way forward, uh, behind the drums and behind the mics here. And but the
1: fact that you wanted to change the name of the podcast to w- WDF, <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry, man. Uh, the logo has been designed, thank, redesigned <laughs> right. by your wife. Right. I mean, it was come on. Be working,
0: working drummer. Working drummer fucker. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we can send anyone out a bleep button. That you can use on your own, if that's
0: no, it's They'll have to rewind it and just like time the bleep just right, so they can. <laughs> a second? They, yeah, they'll warn people. F bomb coming up in three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know what this was, but it was. It was a thing. Of all the podcasts that I've done, this is one of them. Right, right, and I'm sure we're going to get some some comments that are like, "Aren't you supposed to be interviewing other people, not yourself?" Uh, but we call this a hostful. Right. Uh well cool man. It was good. It was good catching up with you. I'm glad we finally did this. Yeah, 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 for sure. We've we've never done this just you and me. Like we've, you know, we've we've done sort of joint interviews with numerous guests. Yeah, that's true. Um that's but, true. But uh, I can't believe it's, you know, we've gone 6 years without just like doing the, the just the two of us. I think so. cuz I think we just we're just we're busy and like
1: I mean as much as I do enjoy doing the interviews and stuff like that you do have to s- carve out time yeah and make it happen yeah and uh maybe it's just maybe this hasn't felt like a priority when it's we've had but it, it no this is good yeah it's awesome i think this is going to be an and when excellent i hit episode. when i hit record we're going to have so much to talk about <laughs> this has been a good trial run it's been really good, man. Oh, God. And don't I think say an hour it. and a half rehearsal. Don't
0: I'm say like... it. Oh, Christ. <laughs> All right. Can I hit stop, Ben? Yeah. I'm going to hit stop. Okay, stop. Okay. It. Okay, bye. Bye. There you go. Always good seeing and talking with Matt. I hope you dug that. If you did, we might do it again sometime. That promo code for Dave Ehlich's online course is still active. It's good for 10% off. Go to DaveEilich.com and use the promo code DrumClick. And like we mentioned, be on the lookout for more discounts and deals through the DrumClick network. You can subscribe to the DrumClick newsletter by going to thedrumclick.com and hitting the red button in the upper right that says never miss an episode. You'll be notified about each week's episodes as well as discounts and deals that are available to DrumClick listeners. Next week, Matt will be talking with Noah Levy. He's currently in Brian Setzer's drum chair and has also played with Peter Frampton, the Bodines, and Five for Fighting, among many others. Hope you check that out. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, get vaxxed, get boosted, get all the stuff. And thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.